God. They're relentless. Family. Thank you for joining me here in the Oval War Room. Daddy, Daddy, I'm Calm scared. down, calm down. It's gonna be fine. It's gonna be fine. We've got Your this. Voice is so manly. We've got this. We've got this. Father, I have a proposal to make. I believe we should nuke all of Washington, D.C. right now. But, 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 son, wouldn't that mean that we get nuked as well? Because we can't access the, the war rooms anymore. They blocked off the South Corridor. Hi, uh, I'm Donald... Junior Trump, and uh, I'm like Eric Trump, but I speak a little bit more feminine, and, and I would have to agree with you, Father. And Eric, I, I, I really think uh, you should have thought about this before you made the point. So, so Father, maybe we should listen to you. Listen, listen, guys, we're getting off topic. We have to focus. I know that, that my team has turned against me, finally. Mike Pompeo, Mike Pence, they're, they're going to be in a second, and the military doesn't care anymore. we got to stand strong. We're a family. We've always been a family. No matter how many divorces or times... Husband, I've, I need I've, money for the back. I need money for the back. Shut up! Melania! I did not... Nobody asked you to these. speak. Just sit in the corner. Just sit in the corner not with Baron. Baron, it's breastfeeding time. Dad, I don't want to breastfeed from... Shut up, Baron! Shut up! Okay. Can I... Can I... Can I... Breast, can I breastfeed him? I, Shut up. I, I, volu I volunteer. Guys. No. Okay. They're gonna... There's somebody. They're coming in. They're, they're, they're coming in! What? Get him! Get him now! All right. Steve Bannon here. You thought you could get away from me, didn't you, Don? You thought you could just kick me out of the Oval Office like that. Well, I'm back, goddammit! Well, I, I have nothing to say to you, Steve, okay? Steve, you left me when I needed you the most, and frankly, I'm not, I'm not on board with that, okay? Steve, I, I, I don't know if this is right. You know, I, I was all down for, for getting him out for Biden, for the, for, for the transition, but, but, you know, you've got your gun against his forehead right now, and, you know, Bannon's crying, and, 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 Dad, Daddy, thanks. He's crying in the corner, and uh, I think this might be a step too far. Shut up, son. Uh, we 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 completely lost our line. Everything's everything's lost. Uh, Washington D.C. is completely. Uh, I, I'm completely losing my lines. I'm lo I'm losing my lines. I'm losing my lines. What's up, guys? Welcome to Party Roulette. My name is Felix Fiasi. I'm joined by the wonderful, the amazing, the intelligent. Uh, it's Leonard. Leonard with a double. Double N. <laughs> Double N. Double N. How are you doing today, man? It's true. Yeah, I'm doing well. Thanks for inviting me. Thanks for inviting me back. I, I enjoyed the little skit that we did there. The skit is it's becoming a bit of a party roulette tradition to uh, many, many dozens of listeners. I'm sure they're, they're quite enjoying it these days. Yeah. You, you got good uh, impressions, I got to say. I try with the accents. Yeah. I try. It comes from uh, not having a very strong sense of self. You're then able to, you know, flip between different accents, nationalities yeah. more easily. <laughs> but yeah, man. So we just got some big news yesterday. That's right, yeah. You informed me of it. I was actually not aware of this. Yeah. Um, I get most of my content or news, news politics from YouTube from a few guys. Right. And they're always on a bit of a delay, so I'm never right. like 100%. You got to try breaking. One America News. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's my trusted news source. Mate, they haven't, it's weird, they haven't called the election yet. Of course they haven't. 
they have I'm I I bet you anything that even if you go to the website right now, even though and this is the big news, the Trump administration actually now initiated the transition to the Biden administration. I'm confident that you wouldn't find any of that on One American News. Or if you did find it, you would say uh, there's some uh, there's some forces in uh, in the White House that are uh, you know that are fighting against Donald Trump and that they're traitors. They're going to mm. come up with something. Yeah. The other day, I found uh, a headline on uh, on OAN that said Fox News admits to its leftist agenda. Yeah, because. So for those of you listening who don't know, One American News Network is a like, like take Fox News and make them even more right wing, right nationalist, and then also completely just beholden to Donald Trump and whatever. Like yeah. they, they are Team Trump Network. Yeah. So what we've seen over the last couple of weeks is Fox News gradually come to terms with it, and the presenters like gradually being like, okay, um, <laughs> Trump, you might want to like, you know. Admit that you didn't win. What America Maybe. goes like, fuck that. <laughs> We're not losing shit. We're in here for the long game. What American news is like, well, if you look at Georgia and how they work, and Philadelphia actually. Just and if you look at the amount of black people, we just can't trust these uh, these officials right there. Nah, it's, no. it's problematic. No, it's, no. But I think we'll need a re- we'll need a few recounts. Yeah. Um, and but, then, but only in the states where it matters to us, where it works for us. Of course. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, there's been a lot of this recently. Um, it's 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 funny as well because, like, one American news network hasn't called it. Trump's been doing all these uh, like lawsuits, and it's so surreal to see the president like completely losing yeah. his. Like, we've seen him lose his mind in various different ways over the last four years, but not in a way like this where he's completely upfront denying reality over the course of like a whole month. Just being like, nope, 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 right. nope, nope. Just losing it. And yeah. we're so desensitized to it that I don't even realize yeah. how mad this is. That a president has got a legal team of like dozens of lawyers and he's just suing every state election. Yeah. And the the judges are like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I think the, the weird thing about it is the only difference you have now, because he's always been delusional, right? No one can test that, that he's completely batshit crazy and that he lives in his own world but the only difference now is that you have the 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 function that he's like the position that he's in right now which is the government the government is slowly turning against him because the government and trump are in fact two separate entities but to trump they're the same thing because he is in the white house he thinks that the law is entirely controlled by him and he's now having to come to terms with the fact that that is in fact not the case and I don't know who said it, but somebody said that the federal government is entirely capable of escorting trespassers outside of the White House. Mm. Yeah, and, and I yeah, think yeah, that's yeah. an apt way of putting it because that that is what he's <laughs> going to be in just a couple of weeks. That was such a sly dig. Like, yeah, no, we're not worried about it because uh, we've got security there. Right. And the security are very good. So that's fine. They're, they're, they're pretty, <laughs> they're, good. They're pretty yeah. good at the job. It's Secret Service. These, yeah. these good guys. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's, uh, it's a sticky one. And... There's been a couple of things recently, like one of the main stories I wanted to talk about on this episode was, um, did you hear about what happened with Iran? Did you, the, the fact that he wanted to attack Iran. He wanted to attack Iran. Right, yeah. go yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Trump, he, this was reports that came out from sources, nothing is like confirmed by the White House, but this is the kind of leaks that top White House officials, such as Mike Pompeo, Mike Pence, the heads of the military, they had to talk Trump out of 
bombing Iran. <laughs> like he basically went to all of them like, yo, yo guys, how are we gonna, you know, how are we gonna bomb Iran? Let's just do it. Let's just, you know what? Fuck it. Fuck it. You guys were right. You know, let's let's just do it. Let's just let's just do it. Fuck it. And they had to talk him out of it. And the theory is is that they talked him out because it's a transition period. Mm-hmm. Everything's already insane. Yeah. And they're smart enough to realize like, okay, this would be a complete fucking disaster. And these are the right. same guys who like probably a year ago when the Soleimani thing happened yeah. and America bombed. Yeah. Was it was it in Iran they bombed? No, this was in, uh, I believe, Iraq. It was Iraq. It was, it was Iraq. Iraq yeah. yeah, so the Iranian uh, military leader Soleimani was yeah. in Iraq and they assassinated him. Total fucking... You know, complete act of war. Yeah. Um, but at that point, there was a lot of people, such as John Bolton, Mike Pompeo, Mike Pence, who were pushing for this. Sure. And, and it was actually Trump who was a bit like, "Yeah, nah, right. I'm not. I'm not right. on that vibe right now." Right. But now that Biden's won, yeah, and he knows that when Biden gets into the presidency, he'll likely bring back the Iran nuclear deal, which was one of Trump's main things, was dismantling mm. that landmark Obama achievement. Of yeah. you know relations with Iran. Well, I, uh, I think I think that's all it is in his head is like okay, I need to be the opposite of Obama. I need to fuck up Biden as much as possible. So when yeah. he gets into office, yeah. he's got some mess on his hands. Right. The, 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 there's a couple thing that I would couple things that I would say to that. The first one being uh, Iran's current uh, stockpile of enriched uranium is now ten times larger than on the day when they uh, when the U.S. withdrew yeah. from the nuclear yeah, yeah. Uh, agreement. So. Um, anyone who's like, obviously this is a topic in and of itself, but like in general, this whole view that if you support Israel, you have to be against the, uh, the Iran nuclear deal. Uh, it shouldn't be a partisan issue. There should be an issue of like international security. And, uh, the deal was something that, that should have been furthered instead of cut down. It's, I, I also have, I have a lot of issues with the, um, the notion of supporting Israel. Right, because I understand it within the context of Iran and like Israel and Palestine. Mm. And whilst I'm firmly a believer in Palestinian independence and the fact there's an apartheid going on there right now, mm. and that needs to be addressed massively, um, I can see why in that context you would say, "I support Israel, I support Palestine, mm. whatever." Mm. But as soon as it gets into other things where geopolitics comes into it, and Benjamin Netanyahu and Israelis have taken a very hardline stance against the Iran nuclear deal purely yeah. for geopolitical reasons. Of yeah. Like we have to posture ourselves in complete opposition to this if we're going to be strong against Iran mm-hmm. always. And and the other thing with that is um, you were saying like he wants to like rejoin the Iran nuclear deal. The real question is, does Iran still want the United States back in that deal? I think they definitely and, would. But does does Europe, how much does Europe trust ah, the US now? Europe doesn't have a say. You don't things. think Europe has a say? I would, I would really. Why say is that? Europe. I mean, Europe hasn't really had a say in in large geopolitical questions since World War Two. Well, really, but um, I, but I do think that Iran also depends on exports uh, to Europe and not just to the United States. And when it comes to natural resources, actually, it's much more important for them to export to Europe. It does, but um, the way, like I, this is something you probably already know about, but. The currently the U.S. basically foots the military bill for the whole of Europe, mm, yeah. and 
the reason why Western European nations are able to fund such large welfare states is largely in part due to the fact that they have very small military budgets. The U.S. has a very large one. The U.S. has military bases all over Europe, mm. all over the world. Yeah. They maintain this huge military complex, largely in part to have the power over their allies in NATO and to be able to say, all right, we are the leaders of NATO. We are the founders of NATO. Mm. If you're in this organization, you don't have to fucking worry about the military. But that means we call the shots. Mm. And this is the main reason why NATO wasn't dismantled in the 90s. Because if you think about it, the Warsaw Pact finished. Mm. The Soviet Union was gone. That right. was the entire reason why it was created was yeah. to defeat the Soviet Union, defeat communism, which occurred. So why the fuck is it still here? It's crazy how history ended. Man, but the, yeah, yeah. The still <laughs> oh, it's still history. Wait, history's back. Oh, shit. What's up? <laughs> no, but like in, in, in that decade when Clinton was president, he had the opportunity to do that. Yeah. But he knew, okay, if I do this, yeah. then why the fuck would Europe let us call the shots? Right. And Europe had no interest to do it because then they realized, okay, if NATO disbands, then we have to start funding our militaries. So it was in both of the bloc's interests yeah. to maintain this situation of NATO yeah. and America calling the shots effectively. And it's just continued like that. And now we're in a situation of like extreme global geopolitical tension and nato is at the core of everything pretty yeah well much, you know? i mean I'm, I'm i'm with you when it comes to like nato um and and i'm with you when it comes to the united states exerting a ton of influence in europe and around the world because they're in charge of europe's security but i would say that for things like the um the paris accords uh, and also the um the iran nuclear deal I do think that what happened in the United States in the past four years, uh, which is this complete obliteration of, of any sort of confidence that European leaders had in the United States, um, I, I do think that European leaders are increasingly thinking of Europe as more of an independent actor. And I do think that um, the way that some of the leaders have spoken about their own countries, including Merkel from, from Germany, uh, does suggest that there, there seems to be a new awareness of mm. sort of the 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 strength and uh, the power of Europe, because uh, when you think of Europe right now, uh, I actually think that if you compare it to 2015, 2016, when you know um, these far right parties were really on the rise and where like the the future of Europe was really sort of like in jeopardy, um, I think we've moved into somewhat more stable territory territory since then. Also because of the the fuck up that we're seeing that's happening with Brexit. Yeah, I, so I and I'd, I'd say to yeah. an extent as well, but it's. It's going to be a tricky one because I think in America there's there's a there's an inclination to believe that America's in a much more unstable situation than it actually is because mm. America has been the main cultural exporter for the last 70 years and they wear their problems very much on their sleeves. So you see everything wrong that's happening in America whereas yeah. you don't see everything wrong that's happening in the EU in specific EU member states. And I think the only reason why or not the only reason one of the main reasons why the EU has been able to expand so much in the last 20 years and get to its position of influence is because of Merkel and the leadership of Germany. Mm. And I think once that falls away, and we were just having a conversation about leadership and how important it is and how it keeps things going. And if Merkel steps down and mm. whatever replaces her in Germany is not really, really good, All right. I think the EU is in a very tight spot. And I think that unity... Is something that can fall away incredibly quickly. Agreed. Agreed. It can fall away in the blink of an eye. Agreed. I, I will agree that whatever security I do sense in the EU right now, um, it, it can go away really, really quickly. It all it takes is one crisis, and yeah. and 
a set of 10 leaders who handle it poorly. Now, I really think as well, there's this great um, YouTuber I watch called What If Alt Hist. Mm -hmm. He does alternate history videos, but mm -hmm. he's also very knowledgeable about geopolitics and everything. Um, and he's done a few recently about like predicting geopolitics and predicting the next, you know, 20, 30 years or whatever, how different conflicts are going to go. And one of them was um, the wars of the 2020s and 2030s. And currently there's this huge fucking crisis brewing in Somalia, not Sur Somalia, sorry, Sudan, not Sudan. Ethiopia? Ethiopia, yeah. Egypt. Yeah. So Ethiopia wants to build this huge fucking hydroelectric dam, dam the Nile, um, and it would basically power the whole of Ethiopia. But what that does is it cuts off the entire water supply to Egypt. So you're going to right. have... Right, I, I remember vaguely, yeah. And the Nile Basin is like where... 70% of Egypt's population is. Yeah. So if Ethiopia does this, and they've already mm -hmm. gotten Sudan and I think Somalia to agree mm -hmm. to it because they're going to give them a lot of the excess energy they produce. So all of the major players in the neighborhood are like either staying out of it or on Ethiopia's mm. side. And Egypt's very isolated right mm. now. Um, and if they, they're just, they're planning this now, like they're going to yeah. start construction on it pretty soon. So we could see a situation where Egypt has a humongous fucking humanitarian crisis, civil mm. war, Fuck. and like the whole of Cairo doesn't have drinking water, just dries up. And when that happens, where are they going? <laughs> They're going straight across the Mediterranean to Europe. And if, like, imagine the Syrian crisis times 10. That's, that's the number of, of refugees we're talking here. What about the argument that you know what? I don't even want to. The my problem with alternative history is, it it tends alternate to alternate history. Uh, alternate uh, is it alternate? Okay. We actually used to have a podcast called Alternative History. Oh really? But then it's like indie history. Oh, okay. Nineteen seventy five history. Yeah, but like realities that haven't yet transpired. Um, they tend to take like this very superficial information, like things you read on the news, uh, and then they tend to like you know do like little math tricks with it. So if you take this building block and you add this building block to it, then potentially we see this catastrophe coming coming down. But I could see there being scenarios where, you know, something might change and the real problem that we're going to have in five years is something different entirely. Oh, yeah, There'll be a war between Austria and, and Sweden. I mean, that's that's then, then it's getting into the space of like, okay, anything that's prediction is just conjecture and nothing else. And that's where I disagree and say that He's coming at like this specific yeah. YouTuber. He's coming at it from a position of like extreme, extreme right. fucking knowledge. Like I don't know this YouTuber. Dwarfing, All I know dwarfing is from. What I'd like, I wouldn't say this on this podcast unless I had a reasonable amount of faith in his predictions. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I'm saying that is a potential crisis yeah. that Europe might have to deal with yeah. in the next 10 years. Right. And I, I, I don't see it as something where we're anywhere near equipped for that. Yeah. Um, but uh, go, going back to. Uh, Trump, because uh, that's where this rabbit hole started. Yeah. Um, the other thing I was going to mention earlier um, about sort of how the vice president and people like Pompeo are shifting their um, their advice that they give uh, to Trump now is uh, the real question is really will this be the party of Trump or will this be the Republican Party with Trump or will this be the Republican Party without Trump and Trump will just sort of like start his own thing. Or, and this is one possibility that I think people are discounting, will Trump just say, fuck it, I'm out. I don't, if I can't be the top dog, I don't want to be, I don't want anything to do with oh, it. Oh, definitely. I, I, right? I think the last option you said there is by far the most likely. Um, 
the way I view Trump is he is a a narcissist who lives in the moment. Mm. And he forgets about what happened last week. He's not thinking about what's happening next week. He's going based on like reactionary lunatic child megalomaniac fucking impulses 24-7. And I think once all this kind of blows over and Biden's won it and everybody's moved on a bit, he's just going to start managing his businesses again. He's going to like just... Like nothing really changed for Trump. That's the funny thing is like when most people become president, it's like, okay, fuck. I've now gone from being congressman, senator, governor, whatever. I'm now the fucking president. Mm. I've got to do stuff. I've got to bang. Whereas Trump went from a situation where he was fake running a business empire to one where he was fake running a country. <laughs> he was just like surrounded by people who were actually calling the shots. The same as in his in his businesses, man. Do you think he did a fucking thing yeah. <laughs> for like the Trump business empire? No way, man. It's his kids oh. who are running it. And yeah, he's he's just a figurehead ultimately. And I think... He will fade away into obscurity, right? And his diehard supporters, because right now he has forty percent of the Republican base, forty percent of Republicans think that Biden didn't win the election, which is my favorite right. statistic. Right. Perhaps, perhaps of the year, man. It's wild. Wait, wasn't it seventy percent the Republican Party and forty percent among all Americans? It wasn't that twenty percent among all Americans? Forty percent Republican Party. It's just That's still, 20% it's still of wild, Americans. man. It's still wild. 20% of Americans <laughs> are 60 million people. Yeah. Believe that. Oh, Trump- no. Like, I think. Yeah, you can't really frame it because it's of people. Well, yeah. I guess it's it of people who voted or is it all of America? But they probably didn't ask pre K kids. Yeah, but Im- implicitly it is because then it's like the families and everything. Fine. Forty million. <laughs> yeah, if, if still, <laughs> if we're lowballing, it's a fuckload of people, man. It's it's my. It's, I mean, seventy million voted for him. Yeah, seventy it's million. Probably a good half of that. Yeah, probably don't seventy million. The 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 thing is, I have high hopes that. Here's how I view the Republican Party. Um, this is something that became apparent to me just over the past four years, and just kind of where the Republican st- Party started, starting with like say George W. Bush. Because W. Bush uh, was sort of like, he was not a hated president. Uh, oh, I think when he left look, office, he was. But if you he look had at a the, really if, low approval rating. But if you look at just the way that people hated Nixon in the end, he was not a particularly disliked Republican president. And he won two terms. Yeah, I, 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 I agree. He, I think he, he had, he had loved that, his vice president. They loved, they liked, I think they respected Cheney a yeah. lot. Cause he's a he's a fucking leader. Say what you want, but that guy, right. like, he commands he commands a room, he commands an audience. Yeah, um, and I think they liked him. Right, he's a charming man. He's very like when he's on TV, it's hard to to look at his face to hear him talk and hate him. Which knowing what he done, knowing <laughs> what he's done is is quite incredible. Like still, when I watch him talk, I'm like, I know that he's a horrible man. Mm-hmm. And that he's done incredibly horrible things and yeah. arguably the worst president of all time, but I can't hate him. I like that you called him president. President. <laughs> Wait, you talk who are you talking about? George now? Bush. Oh, you're talking about Bush. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought no, you were but Dick Cheney, Dick Cheney, no. Dick Cheney's okay. much easier. Like you look at me like, okay, that's a yeah. that's a super villain. Yeah. That's like Mike Steve Bannon kind of vibe. Right. I, I was a bit I was a bit worried when you said that about him. I no, but I agree no, with no, Bush. No. I agree with Bush. But I guess what I'm getting at is Bush was not he was not somebody who who attracted um, scandals like Trump does, no. um, or in a way like Clinton did, um, you know that one time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then you have to imagine like just Trump- that one time. <laughs> it definitely wasn't just one time. 
you have to imagine like if you are in rural America and if you're sort of a a let's say a Republican someone who would theoretically want to vote for a Republican candidate then from the from 2008 to 2012 uh, those two election cycles what is it that you're witnessing you're seeing this young dynamic Barack Obama beating John McCain who has already been in the Republican Party for decades who is known to people who was a kind man who was who was a very decent man in the way that he handled himself as a candidate and it doesn't work out. Then the next option that you go to is Mitt Romney, uh, who's a businessman, who's tough, who's whose main uh, you know whose main thing is money, running the country like a business, but who's also a Mormon, who's therefore very conservative, and it doesn't work out again. So to me, running Trump is just the the third iteration of this, where you're saying, okay, we're skipping a couple of iterations here. We're skipping a couple of versions right here because we want to see what happens when you when you send the the super Republican, the one that's like all out. I don't give a fuck about immigrants. I don't give a fuck about any of these these 21st century's ideals that you have. I just want to run the country like I fucking want, and it works out. And I think that really symbolized for Republicans that you just have to try harder. You just have to run the craziest candidate. But where does that leave us now? Because now Trump is out of the White House. To me, like there's two paths forward for like the, the psyche of the Re- Republican Party. The first is the Republicans are going to implode because they've tried the most extreme version and it worked out just for a year. But now they have to go back to sort of like, um, you know, standard Republicanism. They have to go back to these decent like uh, Crenshaw, this this congressman from from Texas. You may know him, the guy who he has one eye. Uh, he's, he's kind of like a popular young Republican. There's a bunch of people like that. Or, and this is the other thing, will Trump's influence have fundamentally altered the Republican Party? And will everyone who follows up next be either in the style of Trump or be even more extreme than Trump? And this is the question where I don't have the answers. And I think this is what we have to be watching right now. Mm. No, that's a really good point. But I think one one thing I would say in response to... um to why Trump got elected is, is very different from McCain and Romney because that was those, both of those were decisions made by party leaders. They basically figured out who would be the nominee. McCain, Romney, that was always, these were the candidates who were kind of supposed to win in both those cycles. Whereas Trump came, it came from an organic expression mm. of, of complete anger and frustration at establishment politics. And I think you can make the argument it's the third iteration, but I think you can also make the argument that it's the complete antithesis mm. to both of those candidates before. And I think it just goes to show that within the Republican Party, there's it's it's more unified in many ways and it's unified around policies. But culturally speaking, it they're so different, like so fucking different. And you're seeing that split right now between Fox News who are starting to be like, hey, Trump, Hey, Trump, right. and you can already see him moving on. You can already see him forgetting about him, and you mm. can already see the establishment Republicans mm. forgetting about him. But within One American News Network, Trump TV, if that starts, like this this base of the party that he's carved out as fake populist, mm. I think there are people smart enough, such as Tucker Carlson, potentially Mike Pence, who are smart enough to realize, okay, why did Trump actually win? Because Trump never understood it. Four years ago. Yeah, four years ago. Mm. If he'd understood it, he might have won again now. If he'd gone out there and been very fake populist, talked about draining the swamp, talked about bringing the jobs back, just like stuff that people liked. Because I think the main reason that he won 
was because he outflanked Hillary on the left time and time again. He went to the mm. Rust Belt and literally went to the left of her. So that's the key thing. And I think there are people like Steve Bannon, these other people I've already mentioned who know that, and they're going to utilize that. And that's the situation we put ourselves in. And really, unless Biden does a lot in the next four years, I think people that's smarter than Trump are going to clock onto it. Hmm. And if Trump decides not to run, I think, I think Biden will lose. I mean, they're probably not going to run. If Biden. Trump decides They'll, not to run, I think if Trump, I think this is my likely prediction mm -hmm. long term. Right. Um, I don't think they're going to run Biden again. I think they're going to run Kamala. Mm -hmm. um, but that, for me, doesn't change that much. They're both going to be saying the exact same thing. They're both absolute political husks who don't believe anything at their core. Um, <laughs> it'll be a better face on it potentially than with Biden, but also not because I think Biden's much more likable than she is. So I think in the and end... And you it, just wait four years. Yeah. <laughs> Kamala's whole image will be completely different in four years. Yeah. Right now she... Because people don't really know her. People say, oh, people know her. She's been in California politics for like for like a couple of years. She's like, a no shocking, shocking politician, man. The fact they chose her as VP, I think, is one of the biggest fuck-ups for the <laughs> Biden campaign. Like, if they'd gone with Klobuchar, like, any of the women they were considering, even, obviously, Bernie would have been an amazing pick. Warren would have been an amazing pick. But just anybody who has, like, a bit of likability and character. Like, Klobuchar was literally third in the race when she dropped out. And they don't she go was? with... Man, she was? And she got... I think she got third in, in all three states, or third and fourth. Really? Man, she was doing way better than Warren, way better than... Uh, and Biden until South Carolina. Really? Yeah, you know, she was doing I good. I don't remember that. She was wow. doing good. People liked her. Like, I met a lot of people in Iowa who were like, I really like that Klobuchar woman. Yeah, she, that, that's her whole thing. She, she's she's nice. like the Midwest mom. Like, Midwest that's her whole mom, point. Man. She's, and she like, she reps it. I could see that yeah. she, uh, she has some beliefs. And that's the key right. thing. She actually believes in some stuff. I don't agree with it, but I could see that she had a consistent message. Right. It was hard to figure out, but when you once you listen to enough of her, yeah. you could feel it. Um, but I guess the question is, isn't she just a, isn't she too close to Biden? Like, why why was Biden chosen by by Obama? Because Obama wanted to, you know, signal to the yeah to the voters this, this is a return, right? And 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 now um, you have Biden choosing Kamala. If he had chosen Klobuchar, it would have been like, all right, mommy and daddy are running, like granddad and grandma are running for for president. This way, it's it's grand granddad and and Kamala, you and know Kamala, hold on to exciting Kamala. Yeah. California, and like um, I'm I'm not saying that like I'm making the following point not to sort of comment on Kamala Harris's uh, track record or on on her politics, but you have to also never underestimate the fact that she is uh, a, a a woman of color, and 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 I'm absolutely sure that this was. A, a massive element of why she was chosen uh, alongside Biden. I uh, think that's... Because the Biden campaign yeah. is not ignorant to the fact that that is something that right now uh, will get them votes. And they also realize that Biden already covers sort of like the, you know, middle of the lane uh, Democrats from the Midwest, you know, the people who just want normalcy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but they also needed the young vote. And the young vote, um, and you know, you and I are massive Bernie supporters... A lot of them flocked to Bernie, but a lot of them also just flocked to what they want to see represented, and that was Kamala. I think yes, to an extent. Um, I just don't... I think the key thing for me is, I think you're definitely right on the identity politics thing, and states like Georgia, for example, which have now have now gone to the Democrats, which is quite crazy if you put this <laughs> yeah. in the context. Like, Obama didn't win Georgia at all. Yeah. Um, Stacey Abrams. Stacey Abrams, exactly, but... 
yeah, I, I think that there's a situation coming where Kamala is now going to be the candidate in four years. Yeah. And if Trump decides to run again, what you're going to have is a very, you're going to have in the next four years, people just forget about Trump, the party will move on. Trump is not thinking four years into the future. No. He might, you know, be thinking about it in a reactionary way right now, but mm. he's not going to be making plans. No. He's not going to be doing this. There's a, there's like a 50-50 chance, in my opinion, that in, that, in five, that in four years or three years when the election starts again, yeah, that he, um, that he just gets the impulse yeah. And he's like, fuck it, I'm going. Right. But we can't I, predict that. That's I, Trump's, I think, that's I think Trump. you just made a really, really good point. And, and I, I, I want to talk about it more. Um, the fact that he's thinking about in four years reactionarily right now, but he's not making plans for that time. I think yeah. that's a, that's the differentiation. When you think when you think about Trump, when you try to conceptualize that guy, that is something you have to keep in mind. Because he started campaigning for this election cycle essentially after he came into office. Like he was immediately going back to these rallies he was he was holding uh he never stopped halls. campaigning he yeah. never stopped campaigning so in a sense you can definitely say yes he is thinking about in four years but what you're saying about actually having a plan for that time i would also say he is not doing that because even though it might appear as though he's campaigning for in four years at that time it was really more self-gratuitous it was him wanting to be uh applauded it was him wanting to sort of like meet the people who enabled him to do this in order to feed his own ego so i yeah. think that's an important differentiation exactly and i think he there's a very good chance he'll continue doing rallies in some form but i don't know if it'll be geared towards a presidential bid from the get-go and i think a big part of why trump was able to get the nomination and win the presidency is because news networks backed him they gave him legitimacy through his craziness he'd go out there and do these rallies and say these outrageous things that were often to the left of Hillary and they were just like, fuck me, mm. this is nuts. Like you've got this like lunatic Republican businessman who's going to the left of Hillary, but also way to the right of Hillary and like just completely blowing the rule book out of the water. And I think now that's been done. And now <laughs> that he's know not- that expression. <laughs> what? Did you say he blew the Rubicon out of the water? Blew the Rubicon out of the water. Oh, like, okay. I thought, I you know, passing just... the Rubicon, <laughs> just blowing it out of the water. <laughs> I, I didn't know that. A lot of that, like, I, I like mixing up phrases because that's not yeah. a phrase. Like, you throw the Rubicon out the window or you, like, yeah. blow him out of the water. It's not. Anyway. I'm, I'm going to adopt blowing the Rubicon up. Blow, blow the Rubicon. <laughs> that's like, you can't turn back, but, like, you, you want to make a point out of it yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you want to get that Rubicon out of the water. Man. Yeah. Fuck it. There's no need for that there. But um, I think they're not going to give him this, this like, kitty gloves treatment anymore. They're going to be like, hey, what the fuck are you doing, man? Come on, move on. Like, move on. Yeah. We now have other Republicans who want to be president. Who? Let's talk about that. Who? So this is, this, Who's is gonna I'm, run? this is what I'm getting to. I think there's that 50-50. Yeah. If Trump runs, I think Kamala will win because I think you'll have a very fractured Republican Party, which will get very nasty. You'll have 20% of the vote will always be... Diehard Trump, they're not going anywhere. No. And then you're going to have fake Trumps, potentially Mike Pence, potentially Tucker Carlson, fake populists come into the race who are smarter than Trump, who understand why he won in 2016 better than he did. But that doesn't matter because Trump's got his 20%. They're going nowhere. Mm. So then you're going to get a very fracture between like the Trump types or Trump himself, um, the Trump types. So that's fake populists. Yeah. And then the Mitt Romneys, so the establishments. And you're going to have these three wings of the party be very equally split in the fight. And it's going to be very harmful for the party. Yeah. The way that the Bernie split, like we can't deny it was harmful. That that whole like 
that mess and it really for us for the, for the democrats for, for the democrats and for the yeah. for the progressives in the party it was it was fucking painful sure and that i think you'll see a similar thing happen if trump runs but i think if he doesn't run and you get mike pence tucker carlson i think one of them will win and everybody will coalesce behind him and they'll have a stronger tucker message. carlson he's talked about running man He's th- I think he fucking might. He's got. He's got it, man. He's got the X factor. Fuck. Can you? I think he. I think he. The the reason I'm saying fuck is because he might have a. He might have a shot. Oh, bro, he would destroy Kamala. He would destroy her, man. He. It's he, his job to destroy I'm, her. I'm sorry, but like he has that. He has that. Like, uh, that 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 just. He he has slightly above average intelligence, but he talks like someone with slightly below average intelligence. Hey, intelligence. Like I watch his clips and like. In the clips during the primaries where he was fucking slaying Biden and Kamala Harris and Elizabeth Warren for their records, I was watching these videos like, oh, yes, Tucker, mm-hmm. go on, boy. Yeah. And like, yeah. he has that ability to make somebody mm-hmm. like me who's, you know, informed with this stuff, who is like a diehard progressive yeah. in the American sense, to watch him speak and yeah. agree with him and like mm-hmm. him. And that is very difficult. And very difficult. If 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 he's running, and Trump doesn't run, who else is dangerous? Who else is I? You know, I always I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna name someone who wouldn't be dangerous and who won't be running. Um, yeah. But I'm also gonna talk about why he wouldn't be dangerous, uh, which is someone like uh, Ben Shapiro. Someone yeah, like Ben Shapiro, ben Shapiro no. wouldn't yeah. would not because uh, he. I I do think. The problem isn't that he's very conservative. That is not the problem. The problem is that he can't sell conservatism to people the way Tucker Carlson can. Absolutely because Tucker, not, yeah. Tucker Carlson can can take conservatism and turn it into a liberal agenda point. He can talk about it in terms of what liberals would want to hear. Yeah. He can talk about immigration. He can talk about shutting down the border entirely and still make the point that this would be good um, for Latina and Latino uh, voters. Exactly, yeah. I think he... Um He's a master of that. He's very good at turning a phrase. Yeah, he can, he can get progressive talk show hosts on. I watched a clip the other day of, of Jimmy Dore going on the show and telling Trump to like get the troops out, get the troops out. This is your chance for a legacy. Just withdraw them. Don't be a fucking weakling, man. You're the strong man. Ah, oh, the deal. Ah, oh, the deal. And you had Tucker Carlson there. Like, I completely agree. Get them out. Fuck it. Why the fuck are we in a rock? Who is Jimmy Dore? Jimmy Dore, he's a he's a big progressive talk show host. Mm. Um, has a big YouTube channel. Mm. He's pretty good, but he's a he's a comedian, I think. Firstly, right. and that often shines through, and he gets a bit sloppy with his okay. points sometimes. But I, I do like him. He's very yeah. entertaining. Um, yeah. But yeah, he uh, with stuff like this that he can get on a left wing talk show host, have a very open like short conversation yeah. with them, and get somebody like me, who's a fan of Jimmy Dore, to come on, like look at the content, and be like, yeah. Yeah. I fucking agree with both of them. Yeah. And he's Yes, absolutely. He can say a million different things in the same hour and string them together and, and just and, get everybody you know, behind it. I, I watch a lot of Ben Shapiro and he once was on Ben Shapiro's show and doing an interview with Ben with Ben Shapiro. And yeah. I what I liked about it was that he was standing his ground about issues on the left. Yeah. Uh, so so he wasn't afraid to tell Ben Shapiro, who's like this uber conservative guy. No, I completely disagree with this, and and you know he won't change his mind, um, and and I think, I think to a lot of people who, who are not as involved in U.S. politics, they might listen to our conversation right now and kind of go like, why do they want Tucker Carlson to win? I absolutely don't, but I like right. I'm scared, but, of but him. exactly, like, I'm completely and, scared. And it's of him. it's so important to really realize just the the capabilities that that these people might have. 
Yeah. Uh, another person that I think might run um, and might have a shot uh, is Dan Crenshaw. I mentioned the him guy earlier. with the the guy with the one eye, pirate man. Uh, and he his whole thing uh, is basically he's sort of this, um, you know, he's a conservative, but he he wants to make deals. He's across the aisle. Uh, he, he's a nice guy. Like like talking to him, you kind of feel like, oh yeah, I, I'd I'd have a beer with this guy. He's a he's a military guy, right? So. In that sense, I think if the Republicans ran someone like him, that to me would signal sort of a return to like the normalcy of the Republican Party. Mm. Yeah, no, I could see that. And I think, but it's again, because the Republican base is now so fractured and there has been this this evident cultural split between, which is basically along class lines, between the Trump wing, which is very working class, which has, you know, no reason to really like things the way they are. And that's what Trump has been representative yeah. of. And then the establishment types, middle class, upper middle class, elite, who uh, just want to keep the status quo. I think there's always going to be this split and it's very difficult to to coalesce people around a candidate because the difference in the Democratic Party is its unity around culture and difference around policy. Mm. And that's it's harder to reconcile that amongst the people. Um, but it's easier, I think, around candidates. Um but yeah, I think a dangerous one potentially is Mike Pence because he has the legitimacy of being Trump's VP. He's been Trump's most ardent, loyal supporter throughout all of it. And then he's also in the establishment circles. And he But he's, he's a shell of a politician. He is, and that's the thing. So that's but I think I think if Trump doesn't run potentially and Trump maybe mm. endorses him. Mm. Would then, he though? I could totally see him crossing Mike Pence because oh, Mike, totally. yeah, Mike yeah, yeah, Pence yeah, yeah. and Donald Trump would govern differently. A hundred percent. But I could see a situation where Trump decides, I, I fuck it, I'm not interested. Mm. Um, you know, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna run, but I'm gonna, you know, just give a couple yeah. speeches for Mike Pence because he's my guy. I like him. Yeah, you know? but it, you know, he'll 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 have me in meetings. Like he'll invite me back. He'll yeah. kind of be like, it's like the way you know Putin. the way. No, I was about uh, to say the way Obama backed right. Biden in this. You know? Yeah. Well, you know? it's 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 a he legacy thing. He didn't do thing. that until he clinched the nomination, though. Of course not. But I Trump think that's doesn't, the Trump doesn't give a shit about that. Yeah, exactly. Trump's Trump not would in it for party. I was anything. thinking more like how Putin. What was the guy be- between the two Putin terms? Uh, what was the guy in like 2010? Oh, I have no idea. Uh, then he changed so. the constitution. Well, you you get what I mean. A bit like that. Yeah. 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 A bit like that. The old switcheroo. The old switcheroo. All right. We have to wrap it up now because we have people banging on the door. Sounds good. We're having a live session. Lenny, thank you so much for coming on, man. It's yeah. Been an absolute pleasure. Sure. Got a lot to say. I'll be happy to come back. Definitely, mate. We uh, might have a Christmas special. Might not. But uh, it might be cool. a while before I record again. If that's the case, thank you very much, listeners, as always, for tuning in to Party Roulette. I've been Felix, and we'll uh, catch you later.